Welcome to The Creator's Adventure, where we interview creators from around the world hearing their stories about growing a business. My name is Brian McAnulty. I'm the founder of Heights Platform, and today I'm talking with Miguel Hernandez of Grumo Media about how to validate a business idea, how he grew a successful video animation studio and YouTube channel, and how to grow an online course business. All right. Hey, everyone. We're here today with our guest, Miguel Hernandez, the founder of Grumo Media and Explainer Animation Studio. He's also a well-known YouTube creator and a successful course creator. So Miguel, welcome to the show. Uh, happy to be here. Cool. So you founded your company, uh, Grumo Media, in 2010, and you were creating these explainer animation videos for startups and for businesses who want to showcase their product. So why did you decide to open Grumo Media? And have you always seen yourself as like a creative person? So, okay, that's two questions. The yeah. reason why I started Grumo Media is because um, I was into video already. So I was already doing a video as a freelancer, not specifically marketing videos. It was more like industrial videos. Uh, but at that time, um, I was running out of money because I was trying to do also a software company that failed. And I was like, what, what can I do in order to, first of all, not work nine to five, because I wanted to be my own boss and not work nine to five anymore. And what skills do I have that could be marketable? And that's when I thought, okay, let me, let me try as a, as a, as a trial to do an, uh, an explainer video, because at that time, that's when they were starting to become uh, somewhat popular. And I, I saw an opportunity for that to maybe be something that could be, I could create a business around. Uh, so I created a free video for, for one of my friends, a local startup. Um, and then they really liked it. And from there I started getting to get more leads. So my idea was validated very early on. And that's when I thought, okay, since some people are willing to pay for this type of work, let me see if I can scale it into more of a uh, uh, studio where I can hire other people and eventually do this for a bigger clients, right? So that was the, uh, the idea. Now, would I, whether I consider myself a creative person, um, maybe, I guess. <laughs> I like to do all kinds of things, you know, like uh, I like to do online courses, videos. Um, I like to invent things. I like to play with Lego. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, maybe a little bit of a creative, uh, individual, I guess. <laughs> well, that's interesting. So actually that makes me think, I want to go a little bit out of order here. Um, yeah. so I realized like when we were looking up some of your content before this interview that, yeah. yeah, you do have all these different things that you're doing. So you did the videos, you're a course creator, you're a YouTube creator. And yeah. I noticed that you're teaching about a lot of these different kinds of tools that people can use, different things like this. And your focus tends to be on um, more like simple tools that your audience can use to like be resourceful with rather than yeah. like suggesting that they need a bunch of like complex tools to do something um, or get the job done. Would you say that that like resourceful approach extends to how you run your business as well? Yeah, definitely. Because by design, I always, do, I always wanted to keep my studio small, which means uh, that I end up wearing many hats. Uh, there was a time in the studio where I was hiring almost, almost 20 different contractors and I was not enjoying the process of managing people. And also I didn't want to scale 
to be, become a very big company because I like the flexibility that it afforded me to have a small company that paid my bills. Uh, basically, I was trying to build a lifestyle business from the beginning, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Now, in order to run all, to run a, a small company and be profit, profitable, as an entrepreneur, you have to be very, very efficient uh, in terms of how do you organize everything? How do you communicate with people and what tools do you use? And how do you save money by not spending tons of money every month uh, contracting all these services, right? Uh, so then I, I created my own solutions, you know, like I, instead of uh, paying for a project management tool, I built my own out of uh, uh, Google Sheets. And then I created a video, a YouTube tutorial, teaching people how to pro do project management with Google Sheets, which is still a very successful video. So yes, things like that, where I can help other people uh, organize or manage their businesses in a simple, simple and affordable way, uh, I'm always been interested in, in doing, definitely. Cool. Yeah, that's really interesting because um, like, I like to take the same approach even with our business. Um, I want us to... Like the company size, I'd rather it grow slower. Um, yeah. Like I don't want us to be a 10,000 employee company. If we ever did become that, I don't think I yeah. would be really the right person to run it anymore because mm -hmm. I like the creative part of it. I don't want to be just a manager or something like this um, or yes. even a traditional like CEO. I want to be working on the product. I want to be working on the creative part of things. Um, so I can definitely relate to that. Um, another thing that was interesting, you mentioned that you kind of got this early validation with your explainer video when you did that. Yes. Um, yeah. Do you think if you didn't have that early validation that you would have done something else? Because we find that like for a lot of creators, it's very difficult to keep going, especially like with courses. A common mistake that creators make is they launch their course, they spend so much time doing it, and then they don't have an audience yet, they don't get sales, and it's really yeah. hard to maintain that motivation without some kind of validation that even one sale to, to prove that to you kind of. So I guess the question is, do you think that getting that early validation really kind of changed the course of what you were doing? Or do you think you would have stuck with it even if you didn't have that early validation? And if you were going to do that, then how, how would you do that? So I've... Um, so the story goes that <laughs> before starting Grumo Media, I spent almost two years trying to develop a small software company, precisely a project management tool that I already built and I sold to a small group of Cisco engineers. And then I thought I could create like a software as a service type of business with it. Uh, my mistake was not to really validate the idea. And it, there were two mistakes, but the, the, the main one was not validating uh, the idea. And then spending two years working basically by myself uh, without involving any potential customers and then launching two years later and basically failing because I didn't have enough traction. And by that time, I've run out of money, time, and passion and motivation to do it. So that was a, a typical first-time entrepreneur mistake. And that's, like, like you say, also very typical mistake that uh, first-time course creators make, which is, oh, I, I'm going to do an online course. It's going to be very successful. They spend two or three months recording videos and then it's just crickets, which is very demotivating. Uh, so the second time around, I thought, okay, let me just find a customer first, and then I'll decide whether I want to pursue this. So in the case of videos, that's exactly what I did. I, I found a customer first, and then once that was validated and they were paying me money for these videos, I decided, okay, I'm going to pursue this. If 
uh, after let's say three or four uh, attempts, I was not able to find a paying customer. Uh, so you have to give yourself some like deadlines or you know like how many how many times how many months are you willing to attempt to find paying customers or product market fit before it's a go or no go situation, right? Mm -hmm. So in my case, I was gonna give myself about six months and I was going to do, a, uh, my goal was about to do up to 10 videos, even for, for free as a spec, in order to build a portfolio and see if I could validate the market or at least get some paying clients. And I got extremely lucky because I think on my second video, I was able to, get in touch with the co-founder of Reddit, Alexis Sohanian, uh, through one of his previous startups. And he loved the video that I did for them. And he actually introduced me to hundreds of startups. And I went from zero to like extremely busy, like 40 paying clients within one month. Wow. One, within one month of starting my company. Uh, so obviously there was absolute validation after that. And two months after that, I got Ashton Kutcher to tweet one of my videos. So it literally was like, I was like in heaven, right? Going from spending two years of basically starving to have uh, an amazing level of validation within two months of starting my second idea with post explainer videos. Uh, so yeah, I definitely recommend to set yourself like a deadline, you know, like say I'm gonna devote six months, not even a year, you know, six months maximum, give it your best. And if you don't find validation, uh, move away from that idea. Uh, or like when I sold my first online course, what I did, which is I think a great strategy, if you have a little bit of an audience, is to before you build the course, see if you can charge for it. Now, if people are willing to pay for a course that is not being uh, produced, then that's the ultimate validation. And, and if you don't wanna create the course, you can always refund the money. So in my case, I said, I'm going to do a course on how to create explainer videos. I'll launch it in two months from now. Uh, for those that sign up early on, uh, I give them a 50% discount, like the early adopter discount. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I announced it to my list. I think I had a thousand people on my email list at that time. And I saw like 20 courses within one month uh, for 209, for 197, so half of the price. And I'm like, okay, we're in business because you know 20 people bought the course sites. That's like the right way of doing it. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, that's great. That's really helpful because I think people here the idea like, oh, I should validate something before I do it, but it's always helpful to hear, well, what is the exact process that another creator went through and how yeah. they went about validating it? Um, so that's great. And for pre-selling the course, that's something that we talk about a lot as well. And people get nervous about that because they think, oh, well, is that really ethical because I'm selling it, but I didn't make it yet. But as you said, you can always refund them if you decide yeah. that really it's not going to work out or something. And yeah. or if you have this situation, maybe you only get a couple people, you can still go ahead with it if you think that it, it's going to have traction later. And you can just give a better level of service to those people. And they're going to be happy for that because they're getting even more from you than they thought they were paying for. Yeah, um, exactly. So let's see. Um, I want to get into a little bit more of the videos. So you mentioned that, yeah, you had... Um, a tweet uh, with uh, Ashton Kutcher praising one of your videos. Yes. Um, and so now looking like about 10 years later from when that happened, yeah. um, did you say, would you say that uh, it's easier nowadays or harder nowadays compared to like 2011 to 
get exposure online? Um, I think, I mean, I couldn't know exactly. Uh, what I know is that if you produce great content, there's always going to be an audience willing to share it, right? Uh, so there's a lot of noise, but there's also a lot of more influencers. Like when I, uh, when Ashton Kutcher tweeted uh, my video, I mean, that was kind of like when social media started to take off. But right now there's lots of influencers with millions of followers. At that time, Ashton Kutcher had 6 million followers. Now there's lots of people with more than 10 million followers. Uh, so if you're, if you are, I mean, that's <laughs> ideal, you know, it, so it's great. Like there's a lot more people you could try to target with big audiences in order to get the exposure than before. Right. Uh, it doesn't have to be Aston Kutcher. It could be anybody with even a hundred thousand followers. If you make a list of like 10 influencers with over a hundred thousand followers, they're probably going to be easier to target than somebody like Aston Kutcher with who knows, maybe 40 million followers. I don't know how many they have. Right. So I think it's, uh, it, there's a lot more people, there's a lot more competition, uh, but uh, it's definitely doable. Sure. Yeah, that's a great point. All right. Um, and so where does the name uh, Grumo come from? What does that mean? It looks like on your website, you tell a, a story about your kitten. Can you explain a little bit more about that to your audience? Yes. So we used to have a kitty called Grumo. A Grumo means clump, like clump. I don't know how you call it. A clump of food. I don't know. Uh, mm -hmm. it, actually, the real meaning of grumo in Spanish is, you know, when you put, uh, let's say, cocoa or flour on water or something like that, and then some of the flour doesn't dissolve and okay. you get like these little clumps. That's what, what grumo actually means. So mm -hmm. this kitten was called grumo uh, because he was very fluffy and we really liked him. It. It's very lovely. Unfortunately, <laughs> the little lady uh, was... Uh, he, he, he had a very early demise at the, what we believe it was a coyote outside. He escaped oh, wow. and then, but we don't know. We never know. Anyway, so mm. we got very sad, but uh, we really had good memories of the kitty. And then I was trying to come up with a name. And by that time, I already had some read about picking names and picking names. Ideally, they're short names, easy to remember, easy to spell, and they have certain meaning for for the creator you know uh and so i chose grumo on behalf of the little kitty that's great well so the videos that you produced for your explainer videos um generally they're really creative videos and most of them are made for like tech startups or apps things like that um but what we noticed is you don't tend to show like the actual product or the software or even explain yeah. the technology behind it Instead, you're focusing on telling the story and yeah. then explaining how that's going to solve a specific problem. So many entrepreneurs would argue that, well, they want to show their complex technology features and everything that they've built in their promo videos. What would you say to someone who says that? Uh, well, I mean, if there's, you could, there's so many different kinds of videos you can create. It's what you're trying to accomplish with the video, right? I think longer explainer videos are better for people that are already biting into your idea. So if you look at your sales funnel, people that are already like or are interested, uh, are, they're aware, are interested of your solution, they may be willing to spend more time listening to a, uh, a video, a longer video. But if, it's, if, if the purpose is just to bring awareness and uh, just 
let people know about your idea, then uh, shorter videos are going to be more successful just because of people's attention span, right? And especially now in the TikTok generation, I mean, you, you have a few seconds to really make an impression. So one of the reasons why the explainer videos are very successful is because in less than 90 seconds, typically, you get to not just what well, you get to create interest uh, and through a little story, you do a little bit of explanation. That's why they're uh, called explainer videos, but just enough to get to the main selling point, and then you have a call to action, right? So in, you you get a lot of the key points in in very in a very short amount of time, and hopefully you can make that video entertaining through uh, a little story. Uh, which will make the video more memorable. And then now you have a, a powerful marketing tool. Great. Yeah. So we watched some of your videos and they do seem to follow like this clear structure. So yeah. you have the story that you're telling to explain a problem and then you have a clear solution to that problem and then the call to action. So is that correct? Uh, yes. Yes. It's always so, like that. Yeah. So why would you say that that's so powerful? If you could just elaborate a little bit more. Well, it's it's storytelling. Like when you if if you think of uh, a movie, right? So it has usually three acts, right? Where you introduce the characters, and then there is some kind of a conflict, and then there is a resolution at the end, right? So we tend to like and rem remember stories better than just pure information. Uh, so that is true for any kind of video length. Uh, so what we do, we compress the three-story act into 90 seconds, right? So we introduce the problem that creates a conflict. Now people want to know how we're going to solve that tension or conflict, which we do on the second act. And finally, the resolution is, well, obviously the product that you're selling. And then there's a call to action, which is if you want to solve this problem that we expose to you, then our product is the best solution, right? So it all makes sense. It all ties up nice, nice and tidy. Yep. Yeah, it's great. And so then, yeah, so we always have the call to action at the end. And maybe that's the only part where we really start to see anything about the product or the website. Um, so this is obviously pretty important, but how is there anything you do about deciding what the call to action should be or like testing how that should work when you're making a video? Uh, in our case, call to actions were pretty simple. Usually, would be always uh, you know, show up, showing the logo of the company, and maybe a tagline, and then maybe a, uh, a website, something like that, right? So by the time we show that call to action, we've created interest, and now people are more willing to want to know what the solution is. Now, uh, realistically, we do introduce the solution right after we uh, express what the problem is. Uh, mm -hmm. And then the solution is the problem. Then we go and explain a little bit how the solution is going to solve that problem. And then the call to action is just, okay, now that we show you, showed you how this, uh, this product can solve that problem, this is the next step for you to take in order to solve the problem with our product. Uh, but it's all wrapped into a little story if, if you do it properly. Otherwise, it's a, it's, it's a little bit disjointed. <laughs> so another thing is that People don't realize that in order to have a successful uh, 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 video like this, so short, uh, you only have about uh, 180 words where you have to put all this little story. Because if you have a narrator, the average speaking speed is between 150 to 180 words per minute. Uh, so 
within those 180 words, you have to pull that cold story. So every word really counts. So one of the hardest things of creating one of the explainers videos is to come up with a script and to make sure that it's really nice and tight and everything flows very well and that the timing is very precise because every second and every word really counts, right? Once you have that script, it's a lot easier to create a video that is successful. But people forget a little bit about the, the script part. It's, it's quite a, a tricky thing. Yeah, that's true. So do you feel like any of that has carried over to how you approach like a headline for an online course that you create nowadays or anything like that? Yeah, well, in a sense, uh, one of the trickiest things to do, a most important thing to do on an on online course is your sales page, right? I actually have a couple of tutorials on my YouTube channel on how to create a high converting sales page. On a, on a sales page, what you're doing is basically the same thing you're doing in an explain video, but in written form, right? So mm -hmm. if people don't want to read the sales page, that's why I think having uh, sales videos or explainer videos on on online courses is very uh, it's a really good idea because people have both options. You, you can either co convert people through the sales video, or you can convert them through the written form, through the actual sales page, or a combination of both. So you have two converting tools in one page, which is really cool. But the sales page is usually very similar similar to the explainer video, where you're going to explain the problem, then you're going to explain the solution. You know, this is how this course is going to solve this problem. And finally, the call to action is, well, uh, join the course today. And ideally, there's some level of urgency in terms of a discount or a countdown time or something like that, because uh, that in increase, uh, increases conversions. Great. All right. Um, I have a more personal question. So on your website, you say that you also used uh, videos that uh, helped with relationships. And in fact, you met your wife thanks to a promo, uh, self-promotional video that you used in online dating. Yes. Um, so what, what were you, uh, what made you think of that? And, um, and how, how did that help you out? Do you feel? Oh, it helped out tremendously. I'm, my wife is downstairs after 13 years. So obviously it was a successful strategy. Um, well, I was working in video already at that time. This, this, was, this was before I started Grumo Media, but I already had experience doing videos uh, for a t television studio, right? Um, mm. And at that time, it was kind of when online dating was starting to become popular. And of course, if you want to find the right person, it usually doesn't happen the first date. Uh, so to me, it was very clear that I had to use some kind of strategy in order to be as successful as possible. So my goal is how can I find the best possible woman in the least amount of time? Uh, because I didn't want to spend dating years, right? So I used a statistical approach, which was the same approach that I've used for almost anything else. And I said, okay, if I go on one date, what are the chances that that's going to be the ideal woman? If I go on two dates, if I so I have also a background in, in sales. I used to do door to door sales back in the day. And I remember they used to say, uh, you have to knock in at least 100 doors to get 10 sales if you're pretty good. And that is a 10% conversion rate. So then I thought, in order for me to find a really good partner, potential partner, I would have to go on at least 10 dates. Uh, so then yeah, you have to cast the net, which is creating a profile on a dating site. And then you have to contact as many 
potential candidates as possible. This is before Tinder, by the way. So now it's very superficial yeah. and you just swipe. But back then, you have to like literally look at every profile and contact them manually. So it was more of, of work. Uh, so then I set myself a goal, which is I'm going to go on 20 dates on two months because that's going to guarantee if everything goes well that i like at least get two really good candidates uh but in order to maximize the quality of the candidates i need to make my profile stand out and that's when i thought i know how to do video why don't i do a series of videos where basically are commercials of myself basically so like i explained a video of myself because nobody was doing that so i know even if if a girl would saw that, they'll be like, oh, okay, this is different. It's not the same profile. So I got my, my friends to write a, a, a few scripts. In one of them, I saved the world from the Death Star of Star Wars. Uh, in one of them, I'm just wearing some jeans and pretending to be super cool. Anyway, there were silly 30-second videos. I uploaded them, and it actually helped, as I predicted, to, <laughs> to get dates. So uh, it worked really well. I went on the 20 dates as I planned, and then I found uh, my wife. Actually, it worked so well that I found two great, <laughs> my wife is gonna listen. <laughs> I found two great candidates. Uh, so I got 10% conversion rate to the dot, uh, but then I eventually ended up uh, marrying my wife. So it worked. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, if anybody wants to see that, that is on your website mm -hmm. on the about page, I think right now still if they want yeah. to see that video. Um, so aside from Groomo Media, you also have Groomo School, where yes. you help people create their online courses and start online knowledge businesses. Can you tell us a little bit more about this? Oh, yeah. So yeah, so I also, I also sell online courses. Almost this, at the same time that I started Groomo Media, I started to create online courses because that's when I started to find that uh, there was marketplaces available and online education is starting to become bigger. And I thought, let me just create an online course. Um, so since then I've created uh, about 10 courses. And then the question was, was, how do I promote them? And we were mentioning before, like you can either choose a marketplace or self-host. And I start at the, at the beginning, I was self-hosting through WordPress. It was a pain in the, to do that because those sites are not, I mean, WordPress is not specifically designed to host online courses, at least 10 years ago it wasn't. And there was not solutions like uh, like you guys have and other companies have where you can upload the course and everything is there ready for you to, to do that. So uh, then I put my course on the marketplace. It did very, very, very well. And then I thought, okay, if I want to have more control over my customers. If, if I want to charge premium for my courses, it's probably a good idea to find a hosting platform. And that's when I started to put my courses also on a hosting platform and my premium courses on a hosting platform. And um, yeah, and, and the courses that I teach are all over the place. They used to be all over the place. In fact, there was one course where I taught people how to basically replicate my online dating experiment. Uh, <laughs> And it's all pretty well for a while. Uh, but uh, then eventually just focus more in helping people how to create and sell online courses and how to run an online business as a solopreneur or a single uh, founder and more focus on course creation, app creation and marketing and stuff like that. Yeah. Cool. And yeah, you mentioned so that what I was curious about is we see a lot of creators will start on the marketplace 
And yeah. then they'll move to the self-hosted option and they'll try yeah. to just more so transition from that where the most common use of the marketplace is to validate the idea. And if you see you're getting sales, then you figure, well, how can I transition to that? But so you mentioned that you're actually still doing both of them and yes. you're using the marketplace as something that's like your top of the funnel to get leads. Exactly. So in your case, you actually really prefer to continue using both, right? Yes, yes. And I found a lot of the top instructors do both because it doesn't hurt. In fact, you're leveraging the marketing machine of the marketplace to get more exposure. So first of all, you're still going to be generating income from the marketplace. And at the same time, you can use that exposure to promote your premium courses. So it's almost like, I think most people should have that strategy because it, it doesn't really hurt as long as you have both the basic courses and the premium courses that you can offer, right? Uh, so I usually say if you don't have a, an existing audience, then the easiest thing is to start on a marketplace. Once you start building an audience, definitely you should consider self-hosting because then you have you can charge premium, you have more control over the, uh, the product, the customer relationship. Uh, and then if the marketplace happens to disappear, you still have your own uh, business that you can run without relying on the marketplace. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And yeah, because a lot of people online talk about probably because they have courses about it, but talk about how like the magic of Facebook ads or YouTube ads to grow your audience and, and get these customers, even if you don't have much of an audience. But in reality, we like to tell creators that you actually shouldn't focus on trying to spend money on ads, especially if you're not already experienced with it, because it's really hard to do. And yeah. so the marketplace, in a way, in your case, is actually acting as free advertising for you. And mm. not only that, but you're getting a little bit of money from it as well. So yes. that's great. Yes. All right. And uh, one thing that we like to do in this interview series is see if we can get some engagement between you and our audience. So I wonder if there's any question that you would want to ask our audience. Um, I was thinking maybe something about like the storytelling or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So my question would be, if uh, you have a product or you have a company or you work for a company, how do you, what is your, I guess, strategy or principles or to explain the story of your company? Like, have you actually trained to explain what your company does in 60 seconds? And what structure does that, let's say, 60 second pitch follow? Because uh, I have the one that I've been using for years has been very successful, but I'm always looking for different approaches to marketing videos that are maybe very popular now that I'm not aware of. So, and mm -hmm. I guess the follow-up question is what platform are you using today to promote that story of the company uh, and which one is the most successful for your company? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And I think that's something really useful for very new creators to really think about and ponder because if they haven't thought about any of that, the answers to those questions when, when they figure it out can probably be really valuable to them. Definitely. Cool. Um, so if you would offer a piece of advice to young entrepreneurs who want to open up their own media companies, their own online course business, anything like that, what would that be? Um, I would say, I mean, there's, there's several things that you 
have to be aware of. One of them is going to be difficult. Any kind of business is, is difficult in the terms that you have to at least devote to that new idea at least six solid months um, where you're trying to build an audience, where you're trying to build the product itself. And uh, I would say engage uh, potential customers as soon as possible to validate your idea. Because if you're starting out, that's going to be the hardest part and the most important thing to solve as soon as possible. Because at the end of six months, you're gonna have to make a decision. Do I keep going or do I pivot? And if you have not done any validation, you pretty much wasted a lot of your time. So if you can find those early paying customers as soon as possible, whether it's an online course or a startup idea or a service-based business, uh, try to find that validation as soon as possible. Cool. Great. Well, I think that's really great. Um, that is all the questions I had for today, but where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you? Uh, well, very simple. Go to grumo.com, G-R-U-M-O.com. And that's uh, happenings to all my, uh, to all my things online. All right. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much, Miguel. This was great having you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. If you enjoyed this interview and want a chance to ask questions to our guests live, tune in on Tuesdays when new episodes premiere on the Heights Platform Facebook page. To learn more about the show and get notified when new episodes release, check out thecreatorsadventure.com. Until then, keep learning, and I'll see you in the next episode.